Professor David Wishart, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks very much for the invitation. Professor, let me ask, uh, first of all, what prompted you to look into this aspect of uh, the relationship between genetics and diseases? Well, it's something we've, we've thought about for a while, and it's one of the things that uh, I guess has been plaguing the field a little bit. For years, well, actually about 15 years, uh, more than a billion dollars has been spent in this area looking at how genes might relate to disease. And there have been, a, I guess, a number of dry wells drilled. People were a little surprised, but we wanted to do a, a broader survey to find out if that was just simply an impression or whether it was something that was really real. And, and so we started looking at this large set of data covering millions of people, uh, hundreds of studies, almost 600 different studies, 200 and some different diseases or conditions, and to get a broad, clear picture about just how good or how bad genetics were in, in terms of predicting disease risk. And, and the answer was what exactly? Well, basically the answer is that, that genes don't play a lot uh, um, of a, a much of a role, I guess, in, in terms of a person's risk for disease. So this is essentially what is your heritable risk or the chances that given that maybe your parents or grandparents may have had a condition, what's the likelihood that that will actually be passed on to you? And the answer was that for most conditions, most of the common ones, it's much less than than 10%. But there are a couple of exceptions, correct? There are, and I think it's important for people to understand those. So there are certain conditions like um, macular degeneration or celiac disease or certain rare forms of palsy that have a relatively high heritability, meaning that they can be uh, are passed from generation to generation. There's also conditions where if, if you happen to have these relatively rare or actionable genes or mutations in those genes, that your risk is, is greatly increased. And, and these are conditions typically if you've seen, you know, your aunt, your uncle, your father, mother, grandparents, it, it runs in the family, then it's something that definitely um, is, is familial, it is genetic, and it is something you need to act on. But for the vast majority of conditions, things like diabetes, Alzheimer's, uh, obesity, things that we've spent millions and millions of dollars looking for genetic cause, there doesn't really seem to be one. I have heard in the past that there are insurance companies that won't insure people based on DNA tests that show they have, say, a, a genetic mutation for a particular gene. Is this not a concern for you? It can be. Uh, as I say, there's about 40 what we call actionable genes and mutations where if you're unlucky to have one of those, um, then it does perhaps represent something that the insurance company would be concerned about. A classic example is the what's called the BRCA1 or BRCA2 gene. Uh, this is the one that, uh, say, Angelina Jolie has. Uh, her mother had it. She had prophylactic breast surgery. It greatly increased her risk for developing uh, breast cancer, and but it's it's quite rare. It's a very rare condition, and so this is a case where, um, you know, it's it's not something that you're likely to have, or your neighbors, or your friends, or your relatives are, because it's it is quite rare. So is is the basic upshot of this, professor, that a gene mutation doesn't necessarily mean you'll get that particular disease, and perfectly normal genes doesn't necessarily mean that you won't get a certain disease. 
That's right. I, I think that the bottom line, as you say, is that diseases and the likelihood that you'll be getting most diseases have more to do with the environment. Uh, we call them spontaneous uh, conditions. So the vast majority of things like Alzheimer's are called spontaneous. They just happen. Some of them might have to do with uh, environment. It could be injuries. It could be underlying conditions. Um, and of course, it has to do with age as well. But these are things that, that uh, outside of aging, there are things that we can do to control that diet, lifestyle, exercise. Uh, many of these things can either be prevented or delayed uh, by decades by just simply living a healthy lifestyle. And, and that, I guess, is the message that DNA is not your destiny. You define it. Well, what do you think of those DNA tests that people are getting now that in, in some cases perhaps might show somebody and say, oh, you have this mutation, be careful kind of thing? Yeah, I think caution needs to be important here. So the, the commercial tests are, are really quite interesting and useful for telling you about your uh, ancestry, your uh, relationship, your ethnic identity. Uh, um, those are quite genetically defined. Um, but in terms of your risks for certain conditions, outside of ones that would be, you know, flagged with all kinds of red stars, um, most of the ones that they identify for you are, are relatively irrelevant and, and not that important. What would you like people to understand about the results of this study? Well, I think there's a couple of take-home messages. One is the things that influence disease come more from what you are exposed to, uh, your environment. As I say, it goes back to diet, lifestyle, um, bacterial, viral exposures or infections. Those seem to be the ones that tend to influence or, or modify uh, disease. The, the gut microbiome also plays a, a larger and larger role in these things. Uh, I think a second message is to be cautious about what you might be getting in terms of commercial tests and what they might say with regard to your disease risk. And the third thing I think is that genetics is still relevant. Um, genes are still important. We still are learning a lot about them. But the expectation or the thought that we have that there would be a gene for every disease and a, and a cure coming from all of this it just hasn't been realized. And that um, ultimately the, the best cures are actually often relative to prevention or, or things that target um, more controllable factors uh, in disease development. Professor David Wishart, thank you very much for this. You're very welcome. Thank you.